This is Morgan Hazelwood, back again with more writing tips and writerly musings. Today, I'm here to talk to you about romantic subplots. Now, some books are straight up romances, and some have no romantic dealings at all, but for everything in between, you've probably got a romantic subplot or two simmering in the background. At Worldcon 2019, PRK, Kate Johnson, Darlene Marshall, and Elliot Kay shared their tips for creating a successful romantic subplot. First off, let's talk about the rules of romance. Romance might get a bad rap in some circles, but romance is what keeps publishing in business, and it is the mother of all genres when it comes to sales. Now, Romance novels come in all stripes and colors, but they have two things that unify them. First off, the love story is central to the plot, i.e. the plot does not work if you take the romance out. And secondly, it has to have an optimistic ending. These days, it doesn't have to be happily ever after, but it needs to be happy for now or at least romantically satisfying. Now, the typical plot of a romance novel is predictable. You have the romantic partners that come together and something pulls them apart. And then they come back together and there's a black moment when we think all hope is lost. And then there's the optimistic slash happy ending. We know the plot of a romance novel. What makes them enjoyable is the journey and the characters, really. So. Next up, we asked our panelists what common tropes they liked and which ones they hated. Now, there are certain tropes that people, some people like to see over and over, and just because some person likes one trope doesn't mean everybody does, and other tropes are ones that have been done to death or are only enjoyable when there's like a fresh twist. So, our panelists shared a few of their favorites. Uh, one was enemies to lovers or friends to lovers. Uh, one example they gave was Lois Bujold's Shards of Honor. Another uh, trope is the alpha male, although that can be overdone, so you gotta be careful with that one. A uh, third trope is flipping gendered expectations, which can totally be super fun. Uh, this includes romances that aren't heterosexual or cisgendered or more than one, two partners. Uh, examples of this given were Starless by Jacqueline Carey and K.J. Charles's work. Uh, another trope favorite was when both main characters are out to get the same thing and they just keep running into each other all the time it's so weird uh um and a more classic trope is when the love interest redeems themselves after having their flaws reflected back at them i.e pride and prejudice or jane eyre these aren't women loving uh, tragic men, these are men realizing they messed up, fixing it, doing everything they can while she moves on with her life, and then circumstances bring them back together. They earn, the men do work to earn back 
their partner. They don't just have the woman trying to redeem them, which we're about to get to. Let's go to our panelists' least favorite tropes. First off, no communication. The romance just happens. This A leads to readers forming unhealthy expectations with their own relationships. And also, if the plot hinges on a little misunderstanding that could be fixed with like three minutes of dialogue that would be normal in this situation because they see each other or whatever, it's a bad plot. Secondly, another trope that is disliked is they're only mean because they like you. That is very kindergarten and it encourages very bad behavior in adults and just isn't something that a lot of us want to see promoted. Another trope is redeeming everyone from Nazis to Hitler, you know? We don't want to redeem everyone. Let some people be bad. Uh, which leads into she's there to redeem him because, you know, he's messed up and he has all this darkness and she's going to fix everything for him. Uh, no, he needs to do some of the work himself. And she is a fully realized person and not just a tool to make him better, which leads into the next trope that's overdone and I've talked about before killing her to provide motivation for him as the main character to grow and instigate, you know, the next section of the plot. It's overdone. Learn to do better. So moving on. Next, we asked the panelists, how do we write good chemistry? And they did not really give us that many tips. They said, if it's fun for you as a writer and it works emotionally for you, it should be fine. Well, that's pretty subjective, but if it works for you, there's going to be other people it works for. So that is somewhat helpful. Just try to distance yourself from the cleverness of your writing to actually listening to it uh, with fresh ears, if at all possible. Now, chemistry can be sexual or Romantic, it doesn't have to be both, but it can, clearly. In real life, asexual or ace people sometimes are interested in romance, even when they're not interested in the X-rated stuff. So characters can be written to reflect reality. Also, communication and consent are key. When both characters are eager to take that next step, the relationship should blossom. Some suggested uh, reading for um, showing good chemistry were Claire O'Dell's Janet Watson Chronicles, J.D. Robb's In Death series, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett's Good Omens. It's a great book and now a TV miniseries and Shannon McGuire's Every Heart a Doorway. So that we, we've talked about what makes a romance novel, and we've talked about um, tropes, and we've talked about writing good chemistry. Now, let's, let's face the facts. The romantic subplot doesn't have to work out. If you're not in a romance novel, 
or if it's not the main characters in a romance novel, you can have secondary romances and not all of them have to work out. You can have short-term relationships, you can have breakups where it just didn't work or he was a jerk, etc. Chicklet has tons of these. You'll see the main character with tons of bad or at least not right for them partners. And speaking of other genres, these days it can be super tricky to tell if you're reading a romance or not, especially when you wade on over to the urban fantasy and paranormal romance section. Kate Johnson shared her secret trick for determining just by the cover which is which. The According to her, the paranormal romance has a topless guy on the cover, while the urban fantasy has a tattooed chick on the cover. When she told us that, I closed my eyes and pictured my bookshelf and burst out laughing because according to my bookshelf, she is 100% correct. So a few closing thoughts from the panel. If you want to write more diverse characters, read hashtag own voices books and novels and short stories and etc. Do your research. Talk to people who can share their lived experiences instead of following your assumptions and pay sensitivity readers. Now, of course, write the book you want to write. Your tropes will dictate the marketing. Do you, have you ever written romance? Have you ever written a romantic subplot? And that's all for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that subscribe button and share it with all your friends. It goes a long way towards helping people find me. And I'll be back again next Monday with more writing tips and writerly musings. Bye-bye.